Awesome. Greg, thanks so much. It was uh, wonderful. And Josh, worship team, it's always amazing. It's such a, a great time together here. Well, it's uh, the last uh, Sunday in January of 2021, which means we are that much closer to all being meeting together again. We're missing you. You know, we are really missing seeing you. It's uh, great that we can get together here at the space and worship together and share the message. But, you know, there's something really big missing, and that's all of you that are watching. And we can't wait to the time that we're able to be getting together again. We're, we're that much closer. We're one week closer to it happening. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we can have a wonderful anticipation that it will happen. We will be together again. So, you know, as you're, as you're listening this morning and, you know, I worship just prepared our hearts so well and uh, just the time that you, Greg led us into of just receiving and being quiet before God. So this morning, what I, I want to talk to us about, you know, we've been talking about the kingdom and the reign of God, and I want to just give us some practical handles with that. So just to recap, we talk about the fact that the kingdom of God is not a political kingdom. It's not a physical kingdom. It's literally, you know, God's reign over our life. It's something that's been ushered into with Jesus Christ when he came, when he was born. It started when he was born. It started, and it grew when he was baptized and began his public ministry. And him saying and, and going out and preaching, you know, repent, change your way of thinking. The kingdom of God has come near. And that kingdom of God became even more a reality in our lives than his death and his resurrection when he conquered sin and death once and for all. So that we, our faith is not just that Jesus was born, that he was a historical character, that he had good teaching, but that our faith is that he was the son of God. That he himself is God. He, the fullness of the deity of God, lived in bodily form in Jesus Christ. And that what he taught, what he modeled for us, how he taught us to live, is, uh, is because it was God himself here on earth with us. Our faith is that when he died at the cross for our sins, and sin being everything that we do that falls short of God's way. So when he reunited us with God through his own death and, in, and his resurrection, that by what he did, he put us in right relationship with God. You know, our faith is that God is good. You know, that, he is, that God is good. And that he's so good that he would come, be born as a little baby, born in vulnerability, and would live and would die for us. That the God that we serve and that we love, loves us that much, that he would die for us. Just before, the, the night before Jesus went and was arrested and sent to his death, he said to his disciples that, you know, there's no greater love than this, that you would lay down your life for your friends. And I call you friends. You know, and there's no greater love that a God can have for us that he himself would die for us, that he himself would go through everything that he went through so that we could be reunited with him. That's how good and how loving God is. So when we talk about his reign over our life, you know, his kingdom has come. It's a very different than what an earthly king would do. It's very different, different than a political kingdom. 
You know, it's the incredible thing as well that it says in Scripture that God lets the rain fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. And, and what he meant by that, you know, again, it was speaking to an agricultural society. So saying even those that are unrighteous, God gives them what they need to grow their food. You know, even those that don't follow him. And it also says in Scripture that, you know, Jesus came and he died for us while we were still enemies of God. While we still were in absolute rebellion towards God. And it's this incredible characteristic of God's love that he's not selective and saying, well, I love you when you're behaving in the right way. I love you when you're doing the right thing. He's saying, look, I love you all. I created you. I am the creator of heaven and earth. I'm creator of all this world. I'm the creator of you and your life. And I love you even when you make mistakes. I love you even when, you know, you are in complete rebellion against me. I've made a way for you. And what I do is, what God does is invites us into this loving relationship with him. But in that, in that invitation says, come, let me show you the way that I've created you to be, the way I've created you to live. That he, it says in scripture that his ways are far greater than our ways. So the things that the political kingdoms of this world, that the leaders of this world, that they can offer us are so minimal compared to what God can, because all we can offer each other is what we can come up with in our human form. But what God offers to us is supernatural. What God offers to us is everlasting. He offers us everlasting life, you know, everlasting life that begins right here, right now on this earth at this time. God's reign over our lives isn't something that's going to happen. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven isn't something that we're waiting to enter into one day when we die. We enter into it when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We enter into it right here, right now. We enter into a relationship with God that says, you don't need to worry. I'm going to take care of everything. Now, you don't need to worry. That's what he says. That's what Jesus taught us. And so... It's so important that we grasp God's love for us. We grasp that God's kingdom is here and now. And we grasp just the absolute character of God, that he's not forcing his will on us or anybody else. Because if we're going to reflect his character, then we recognize he's not forcing his will on us. We're not trying to force our will on other people. We're not trying to make people do something. He's not scaring us into the kingdom. He's loving us. It says that the goodness of God is what leads us to repentance. Interesting. Jesus' preaching wasn't repent because you might go to hell. His His preaching was repent for the kingdom of God has come near. He was inviting them. His audience that he was speaking to, the Jewish people, understood what Jesus was saying. When he's saying the kingdom of God has come near, it's like finally the reign of God over our lives, the rescue of our lives has come. When God's kingdom came, they recognized it as a rescue mission. They recognized it as they were finally going to come out from being oppressed. They thought it was going to be a political uh, change, but it was so much bigger than that. It was so much bigger than politics, so much bigger than than a geography graphic kingdom. It was God coming and going, I am going to once and for all conquer sin and death and restore you to your right place with me. And my relationship with you, my covenant with you will be everlasting. That your, your faith in that covenant, your following of that relationship with me, it can't be broken. It supersedes. It's greater than any political kingdom. It's greater than any ruler. It's greater than any earthly king. Because my kingdom is over the heavens and the earth. 
And that's the kingdom we've been invited into. And we've been invited in, you know, so to change our thinking, to, to know that God is good, and to realize we're not on our own. And so here's the practical thing for us. Jesus said that when we live as part of that kingdom, it changes everything. You know, and the, the reign that we're inviting is one that is over our lives. You know, my son Joel is sitting right here. And you know, at the end of the day, it's not about me reigning his life forever. It's not about me reigning anybody's life in this room. But I get to live a life that is under God's rule and authority, that's under his loving hand, that's under his care, under his compassion. And hopefully, I live that life in a way that reflects his love and joy. So that those around me, as I teach them about God, as I model out what a life of, of following Jesus is, sets an example for others that they would be like, yes, I want the same. And that really is what each and every one of us as followers of Jesus is meant to do. It's not that we're meant to control one another. It's not that we're to force each other to do, to live a particular way or to believe a particular thing or to threaten people or scare them into something, but that we would demonstrate God's love through our lives and be that city on a hill, that light into the darkness where it says there is a different way than what the world offers. There's a different way to live than maybe you've known before and that the God's reign over our lives is very very good. Now, one of the things that Jesus taught in regards to this is that his reign comes over our lives and, and allows us to live with the same love and grace towards others that God has to us. And so he speaks very practically in the Sermon on the Mount about things like anger and contempt and judging people. And he says, look, you know, do, you know it's, it's not just a sin to murder. It's actually the sin is when you get angry or contemptuous towards your brother and sister. There's this word that's used, he says raka, which actually means like utter contempt. If you have utter contempt to your brother, then you're in danger of fires of hell, he says. And the reality is, is these things like anger and contempt are the opposite of the love and grace that God has for us. And so... You know, maybe you find yourself in a place, though, where you're struggling with things like anger. You're struggling with contempt of others. You know, especially in this time, again, we, there's all these politically charged things going on. You know, especially if you're in the United States or you're watching the news there where people have contempt. But we have it here as well, where we have anger or contempt for political leaders. They're not doing things the way, you know, someone we think that they should be doing them. We don't agree with decisions that they're making. And it's so easy, especially in our world of social media to be putting up these nasty comments and and making fun of people and and really to be actually just doing things the way the world does i mean every time we pass on a meme or pass on something that makes fun of someone or you know degrades them even in the slightest of way whether that be a political leader or someone someone else then we're just doing things the way the world does them so that's that's an example the question is why? You know, why is it that we get angry? Why is it that we have contempt? And, and replace that with any emotion, you know, whether that be fear, you know, any, any negative emotion that we can have that's the opposite of the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control that are meant to be the fruits of God's love in our lives. 
fruits of our walking by the Spirit. And if we look at each and every one of them, they come down to the fundamental beliefs that we have. And if we don't start with the goodness of God, if we don't start with this do not worry, if we don't start with the fact that God really is looking over every area of our, taking care of every area of our lives, if we'll let him, then we, we start from a place, if we don't have that belief, then we actually still have a belief that we're in control, that we've got to bring things about, and that we're on our own. And there's all kinds of emotions that can come out of that. There is the anger and the contempt and the fear, you know, that come out of those moments. And in COVID, you know, there's so many things we don't have control of. You know, we're not allowed to get together with people. We, there's freedoms are being reduced. Even here in Ontario where I live, that and where most of us live, there's even more freedoms being taken away. You're being told, look, you can't travel to different places. And if you do travel, that when you come back, you're going to have to go into a, a COVID hotel or a hotel in for, for a period of quarantine after that. And you can feel like, ah, oh, I don't like this. I don't like freedom being taken away from me. But actually, at the end of the day, can we trust God? That who says actually in scripture that the leaders that have been put over us were meant to pray for. That the only reason they have any authority in this world is because God's given it to them. And, and say, you know, they're doing the best job that they can. And actually, God, in the big scheme of things, thank you that I'm safe. Thank you that you're taking care of me. You know, and maybe you're in a place at the moment where you don't have a job. Maybe in the place at the moment you feel very insecure, fearful because of different, different things that are going on in your life. Maybe you're feeling alone at this moment in time. You know, and, and in those moments that if we can really, you know, ask God about our beliefs, if we can actually address our own beliefs and go, what is it I'm believing? Do I believe that I'm always going to be alone? Do I believe that God is actually not going to help me come up with a solution regarding the job that he's not going to take care of me? You know, what, what are those beliefs that we have that actually stand opposed to the reality and truth of who Jesus was and what he says that we should believe about God. And when we see those beliefs for what they are, we can, we can be honest with those beliefs. Then we can really begin to overcome. Because we can, we, you know, we, we shouldn't be afraid. You know, sometimes what we do with an emotion or a belief, it's like, we're just like, oh, get behind me, Satan. And we try to oppress the belief or the emotion, right? We pretend it's not there. But at the end of the day, it's very real. We may not be able to trust it, but those things are real. And so as opposed to just oppressing them, it's being able to look at them, examine them, and call them what they are. It's like, yeah, I'm feeling really angry right now. God, I need to, you know, why? Why do I feel really angry? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself what you're believing you know, what are you angry at? Are you angry at circumstances? Are you angry at a person? What's behind it? So often things like anger have, uh, have emotions behind them. And then when we deal with those things, when we see them for what they are, we can invite God in and say, God, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. But what's your truth? Can you speak to me about your truth about this situation? And when we'll really receive from him in those moments, that he can tell us what the truth is. And we can invite him in to those situations. 
to deal with those fears, to deal with those emotions, to deal with those beliefs, and to line, so that they will begin to line up with the truth of who God actually is. And we can be reminded that we really can trust him. And I talked at the beginning of January about this being a time of us abiding with God. And hopefully you've been able to do that in the last little bit. And in that abiding, you've experienced his goodness. You've experienced just how loving he is and his grace. But, you know, whether you have taken that time or not, I just want to encourage you. It's in those moments of abiding that we can be honest and real. When we can just be quiet and go, okay, what am I believing? What am I believing? What am I doing? What am I living out of? And in those moments, it's not about chastising ourselves. It's just being honest with where our beliefs are really at, where our faith is really at. And wherever we've got to make adjustments, that we invite God in and, and, and ask him to help us with those adjustments. Ask us to help him to realign. You know, Paul talked about the fact in, in his letter to the Corinthian church that their message had the power to, devi- to demolish strongholds in our mind. And that's the truth. When we truly grasp Jesus, when we invite Jesus into every little one of our beliefs, every little one of our, our doubts, every little one of our fears, then, then the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, it demolishes the strongholds that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. And there's all new levels of peace that are able to come into each area of our lives. And, you know, this is something we only can do. I can't do this for you. You can't do it for me. It's not something we've got to pray more for. We definitely praying for each other is so key. But my praying for you without you participating in the process isn't going to bring about radical change in your life. It's not going to bring about any change in your life. You know, it's, it's us. It's us engaging with God. It's us abiding in him and, and giving ourselves the space to do that. I think for me in COVID, one of the things that's been so amazing is actually having extra time. I talked last week about how our families just on Saturdays, just taking, taking that as a day where we're, we're just, you know, much more relaxed, slower, not putting pressure on ourselves. And that's opened up the opportunity to, you know, on Saturdays and throughout the week for, for, to just spend a bit more time with God, you know, and just relaxing with him, being quiet with him and, and being able to address Different things, like, wait, why am I believing that? You know, when I have a doubt or a fear or a negative emotion, go, what am I believing about this person? What am I believing about this situation? So with all of this, for us to be the light of the world, we've got to let the kingdom conquer us first. And the kingdom conquering us, you know, us when I say conquering, maybe that sounds a little too violent a term. It's, it's as inviting God's reign and rule over our lives. It's a good father saying, Dad, I want to be your son or your daughter. I want to live in submission to you. I I really am going to trust that you're going to take care of me, that I'm not on my own, that I'm not in this life by myself. I'm not having to be self-sufficient. I don't have to prove my worth and value to you, and and you're not going to forget about me. I want to partner with you. You I'm not just going to sit on the couch and wait for you to drop everything on my lap, but I'm going to partner with you, you to bring about... You know, to live my life in a way that honors you, in a way that delights you, in a way that, you know, and, and I'm going to take every opportunity that you give to me and I'm going to use it for your glory and for your goodness. 
And that's in our jobs, it's with our families, it's with our friends, it's out in the supermarket when you can go out there. It's everywhere. It's in school, it's everywhere. And we don't have to be weird. And, and I really encourage us not to be, I'm going to say, negatively religious. People aren't looking for us to come and preach at them. They're looking for us to be a light that demonstrates there's a different way of living. So that, and then for us to have an answer for them when they come to us with a question of why is your life different? Why, why do you have so much peace? Why are you not afraid of the situation? Why are you always kind? Now, why, are you, why do you react differently than everybody else? Why are your priorities different than everyone else's? And as, as we live that way, you know, into this world, we're able to truly demonstrate God's kingdom. For too long, and it's been this amazing reset, because for too long, you know, the church in general, and I can say this about my own life, where we focused on religious programs, where we focused on doing, attending the right meetings, you know, doing the right things. But maybe we haven't focused enough on allowing God to really have reign over our lives and really examine what we do, why we do it, and, and be honest with ourselves about where our lives in no way line up to what Jesus taught that we should live. And there's this amazing reset going on where we're not gonna, we can't hide behind those programs anymore. You know, we can't, we can't just keep ourselves busy with a bunch of religious activity and say that we're living for God. But where we've got to actually go, hey, actually my life needs to resemble that of one that lives for Jesus. And, and it actually needs to, what matters is actually me living with the characteristics of, of Christ. It's not about me establishing a, a political kingdom. It's not even about me establishing a great church or being part of the most exciting church. It's the amazing thing about the kingdom, it's actually made up of a bunch of people that are really satisfied with being ordinary. Not trying to be the great next media influencer, not trying to be the greatest preacher, not trying to have this great ministry, not having to have their name be known. But just that their ordinary light would shine and light up the darkness around them. You know, as they live lives that resemble, you know, that are very much like their neighbors, yet so different. So different because of the love and joy and peace that they have in every area of your life. I pray that for you. I pray that for, for each and every one of us. And, and that as we continue walking out this thing of the kingdom of God in our lives, that we would allow just that we would be so satisfied, you know, with Jesus and everything that he brings and offers into our lives. Awesome. Greg, I will uh, hand it back to you. James, thank you so much for that word this morning. That was amazing. And I, I just want to encourage each one of you that are watching today, there is no better time for you to experience Jesus as your king than right here, right now. And if you've never invited him to be the Lord over your life, if you've never received of his love and his forgiveness for you, why not do that right here in this moment, right now, and let us know so we can encourage you in your journey of faith in Jesus Christ. I also just want to say for those of you, again, that are new with us, that are joining us, uh, that are new-ish, or just even are joining us for the first time today, uh, we would love to see you at our newcomer's welcome. 
uh, that's happening at 11.30 today. Just click the link in the description below, scan the QR code, fill out the registration form. It's really short. And uh, you'll get an email with the link to our Zoom meeting happening at 11.30. We would love to see you there. Church, God bless you. Have an amazing week enjoying his presence and living in the fullness of his kingdom. Amen.